Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is your official festive spoiler warning. Uh, if you have never seen Nothing Like the Holidays, the 2008 dramedy that we have now chatted about three times. This is our third. Yeah. Go and watch it. If you're in a festive mood, uh, if you quite like Chrissy and you like a good Chrissy movie, go check it out. It's a lot of fun. Um, but we are going to spoil some stuff uh, in this. And no one likes to be spoiled over Christmas time. I tried to turn that into something. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. Spoiler warning. Thanks. Bye. Peace. I hate the word. I got, I got trust. Hello and welcome to Mission Zach's Leguizamo Rama, a podcast where each week Mission Zach watch Leguizamo movies or TV or whatever. Um, I'm one of the hosts of the show. My name is Zach. You might know me from uh, from um, just. Just, I love Christmas. Mm. I'm joined as always by Mish Wittrup, who you might know from... Also just loving Christmas. Love it. I really enjoy it. Do you know my thing with Christmas is I put Christmas and the Olympics in the same category, which is, I know, I get it. Whenever people are like, oh, it's all just capitalism now. It's all this, it's all that. It doesn't mm. stand for what it, blah, 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 blah. I just go, I know, but... Just let me have this. Mm. Let me have it. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. And that's that's how I feel about the Olympics. That's how I feel about Christmas. Part of me feels that way about Halloween. Now, not personally. Like, yeah. I don't – like, I think – I'm 35. It would be weird if I celebrated Halloween. Yeah. Well, no. A bit. Like, come on now. Anyway, uh, when I see, like, the kids running around doing the trick-or-treat thing in their little costumes and oh, having yeah. school parties or whatever – like and everyone's like, oh god, this is such a money making scheme, and the, what's so the, American? It's so American. It's like, shut up! Who like, gives a shit? they're enjoying it. They're dressing up. That's fun. The parents are like taking photos. That's fun. Shut up! Like, I reckon that if like if I was born thirty years after I was, you'd be five. I'd be five, and I would love Halloween. I what? I loved Halloween. I was like, I wanted. We hey, you'd the, be a Halloween boy, I reckon. We were the first generation that wanted Halloween, mm. but we're, and then I feel like it's like because our generation is becoming parents now, we're mm. just like, fuck yeah, yeah, Halloween it up, motherfucker. Yeah, probably. I loved. I. I didn't realize when you said thirty-five, you couldn't do Halloween. I didn't realize you meant trick or treating because you could go to like a Halloween party. Oh yeah, for sure. You could dress up like how um uh, that model dresses up like a worm. Oh Heidi Klum. Heidi Klum. Yeah, she does her um costumes every year are iconic apparently. Yeah. Because she loves Halloween so much, and her worm one really was very funny. I loved her worm one. I this year worms. she was a peacock, I think. Not as funny as Worm. No, the Worm was so funny. Yeah, very funny. Um, I've never been a fan of costume parties, though, ever. No. Well, I liked them in university. 
Mm. I liked them in university when uh, I had time and I had mm. creative energy and I had like like lots of random fucking items of clothing because I was still finding myself. So I'd have a yeah. vest here and a thing there and I could put together a costume. I think in adulthood, not so much in adulthood, as an adult working in the arts, mm. it's like I just spent all day Mm. thinking up funny things. Mm. Now you're asking me as I get ready to see my friends to think of a funny costume? I truly believe they should be optional. Costume parties should be optional. Yeah. Like they, it's just not fair if just because you like them I have to dress up too. I hate dressing up. And I have this year alone, 2023, upon reflection, Yeah. I've been invited, I've done three costume parties. Oh, my God. And it's just such a pain in the ass. I say that with love because, yes, the photos are good. Yes, whoever chose to host it had the best costume in mind and they look phenomenal. And they, they back-engineered. Yeah. They back-engineered. I used to love And them. I know I that everyone, them. like, if, if there are people listening going, hey, I know what parties they were. I'm not saying I don't love the people who are hosting these parties. Yeah. I adore them. I'm obsessed with them. They're the loves of my life. Mm-hmm. But fuck you for making me yeah. dress up like a Barbie, <laughs> Naomi Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. No, yeah. let, let him, she's a friend of the pod. She did Captain Vegetable with us. <laughs> and she's also like a dear friend of mine. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. her. I'm upset. She knows I didn't want to dress up as Barbie. She knows, but I can't not do it because everyone is doing it. And if you're the only one who's not dressed up as Barbie, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I just, here's the thing. It's a twofold thing for me. I love, I loved costume parties Mm. and I think I would love them still if I had a normal job. Yeah, maybe. Right? If I had a normal job uh, or I didn't, or I had time. Mm. For me, what it is, it's it's the homework. Mm. It's the fact I got to think of something, and then mm. it's the fact I got to put it together. So it's like, oh, oh, I've got a, I've got a party on Friday, mm. so I have to like go to a costume shop, or I have to go buy items, or I have to then put some. So my issue is more that I can never figure out. Like I'm, I always leave at last minute, and then I've got to find the clothes I have, mm-hmm. and got to work it out with that. And don't get me wrong, I love, I love, I love the idea. And if I had, if I ever had the time, mm-hmm. I think I'd have a great time. But I never do. And then I'm like, oh, I, sh- I wish I'd put some effort into this. Yeah, I get it. The other thing I feel, this is now really getting into it. I think that the theme of a costume party is an art form unto itself. And I mm-hmm. think often people are like too specific with their themes. Mm. I think if you do a costume party, it has to have a certain kind of broadness. Mm. Like, uh, I get it on one level, like Barbie, that's a great theme on one level. Mm. On another level, if you don't have pink clothes, hey. Well, that was, my partner was like, okay, I don't know what to wear. And I was like, just dress like Ken. And so he's like, fuck that. So he ended up just going on Amazon and buying a cap that had the Barbie logo on it and some pink sunglasses. And he's like, will this do? I'm like, yeah. That's fine. But that's that's great for people that do things a week in advance. Mm. I'm never getting that shit in time. I'm yeah. thinking about it that afternoon. I think a good uh, – so best theme party that I've been to was A Night at the Movies. 
which was a themed one. And is that also your favourite because your costume was the best at that party? Yes, it was. Me and uh, my housemate at the time, also a friend of the podcast, Sam Lingham, mm-hmm. who writes with Auntie Donna and has been in to talk about science fiction a lot. We went as Margaret and David from the ABC show oh, at the movies. It was so good. And uh, Sam made foil pegs and pegged them to his ear because she has big earrings. And I went as David. Mm. Um a hilarious, a hilarious uh, costume, mm. very clever on our part, but also at the movies, right? A night at the movies, mm. that's so broad. Mm. There's so many things you can do with that. There's an implication of glitz and glam, mm. but if people want to be a bit funny and cheeky with and it, they can, popcorn, they can be too. And be in a popcorn, they mm. can too. You really want to give people not just options to bring their creativity, mm. you also, Mish, want to give options to the people that left it to an hour before they leave. Mm. You want them to be able to go, okay, this is broad enough that I can chuck something together yes. with the three items of clothing I have in my wardrobe. The last, So I've only ever had one costume party that I hosted. You mm. were there, mm-hmm. my French party. You also co-hosted a murder mystery night. I'm not claiming that. My house... Was, no, okay. no, no. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I'm not claiming that I hosted that. Because I will say. <laughs> that was the worst I'm night of I'm airing life. the laundry here. <laughs> that was. I know. We've talked about it before. That happened straight out of. If you think everything I've just described about the trauma of a, um, of a, of a dress up party. Yeah. This happened out of one of the massive Victorian lockdowns. Mm. It was like literally the day it was legal to have five people in a house. Yeah, something like that, the weekend of. Um we split the party in half. Mm. That's so you were you were the other house. Yeah, it was insane. So yeah, we I was the other house. So it was originally going to be hosted by somebody else. And then it got split and I ended up taking on a bunch of people. Because they said you can only have X amount of people in a yeah, house. Yeah, less than for 10 party, or something. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I took on half of the ha- – so that's why. That that was a crazy night because we had none, no one had socialised in four months. So not only not only was I being expected to uh, handle the, like more than my me, like more than two people in a, a room. Yeah. I also had to do it in character mm-hmm. and I also had to do it in costume and the the beef I had with the costume element mm. is it's one thing to have to put together a costume. Mm. Um, it's another thing to have to put together a costume when no clothing stores are open. Mm. And it's another thing to have to put together a costume when you've put on 10 kilos mm. and no one has seen you yeah. and you've not had to wear pants for the last. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the only thing that fits. Yeah. Is my underwear, and that's all I've been I wearing. I think for one these of the Zoom reasons calls. I put my hand up to be the other house to host that party was because I'd spent the last four months just cleaning. Because what else was there to do? Yeah. And my apartment was so fucking clean. And I was like, everyone just come over and see how I live. I also made the best lasagna that night. It was a very nice lasagna. Yeah, yeah I make a very good lasagna. But like, I had a French themed twenty first birthday. I remember that. Yeah. That was my. Fir- what, I, I lived with you. Yeah. And I thought France was a good theme, but it ended up everyone just wore stri- stripes and brought baguettes and had sex with each other. Well, that's good in and unto itself, isn't it? Yes, that was quite nice. Because if people are wearing um, stripes, it's mm. then then it's also easy enough. Mm. I I did I had through a party once that was nineties themed. Mm. This is I think before this before my time before your time. 
and it was really funny because uh, at the it, at, it was in 2008, I think, was the 90s themed mm. party. Is that right? That's yeah. a funny time to do a 90s themed party. Well, because the funniest layer was people were like freaking out. They were like, what is the 90s? Mm-hmm. Like we were like, let's do a 90s themed party. And people were just like, I mean, the 90s doesn't have a look. 80s themed party. Yeah, mm. big hair, da, da, da. But people could not. Within, like, and I still remember it was so funny because, and that's why we did it. Mm-hmm. We thought, it, what a funny, but it's so funny that eight years later, pe- like now the 90s is so crystallized. Yeah. We have such a clear idea. If you threw a 90s party, easy. Mm. But then people really had to think about well, it. Well, that's like if I said, let's throw a, a 2010 to 2019 party. Hilarious. Like, what would you go, like, how would you dress? I would wear, I think I'm getting this right. I would wear... Um, I know what I would wear too. I think I would wear skinny jeans, which I'm yeah. wearing. Oh, we would just wear what we're wearing now because we're in our 30s. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But what, yeah, you, what, what do you wear? You wear 90, uh, 2010. See, this is what's funny. It's yeah. funny to make people have to like... So, yeah, a 2010 of- themed party would be, yeah, skinny jeans for sure. Well, that's 2000s as well though. No, but then the T-shirt that you could wear would be for, for like men, those long t-shirts that nearly go down to your knee. Mm. Yeah. One of those. I'm just thinking of a friend of ours and how he dressed in 2010. I'm trying to think of which friend. Let's not name names. Um, And you'd wear a, you'd have like a swipey fringe. Yeah. And a beanie. Yeah, it was a little more in that realm, wasn't Beep. it? Isn't Bieber very kind of 2010? Yeah, I think so. Because I think I know 2000s, right? Yeah. I would wear, um, what's it called? They call it like trash, trash, indie, indie trash or indie. Oh, I would just dress like how I dressed to go to indie clubs when yeah. I was 18. Yeah, that's what. That's like, 2006. That's... And it's like that, that is um, a coloured stocking. Yeah. Suspenders of some kind, yep. uh, a printed uh, band T-shirt yeah. or movie T-shirt, just a printed shirt, yeah, like T-shirt or whatever, um, and plaits in my hair, <laughs> thick, um, really, really thick eyeliner, and like long necklaces. That's really funny. I would mm. wear skinny jeans, and we would probably kiss. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> we would bump into whatever you were about to say. 18-year-old Mish would have been very turned on by it and we would have done kisses at a, an indie club in Melbourne. I would wear skinny jeans, but like painted on skinny jeans. Uh, Converse or no, maybe more like um, what shoes? Boat shoes? No, that's more 2010. Yeah, that's 2010. No, like a red Converse. Yeah, Converse. Um, like a, a check like dress shirt buttoned up to the neck. Yep. Suspenders yep. is funny, but I think a check button up to the neck, mm-hmm. um, thick-rimmed plasticky glasses. Oh, yep. Uh, You've dyed your hair black. <laughs> Trilby-type hat yep. or, like yep. a, um, or like a really um, chunky, like uh, really like solid cap. Yep. But I think a Trilby-type hat. Yep. And I'd do a little moustache on my finger. Yes. <laughs> a little moustache. And you'd dye your hair black. Like, yeah. Even though your hair is very dark, you would dye it black. 
Oh, and, oh no! I and would, then what you would what do, it? and I'd you would put it. a very, you would put a very small amount of black eyeliner under your eyes, and then rub it. Yes, yeah, and yeah. I would actually scratch the hat. I would um, do my hair. I would Russell Brand. Ru- Russell Brand, my hair. Oh God, <laughs> yeah. disgusting. <laughs> yeah, foul. But we would probably you would finger me. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, yeah, 2010s is a little harder. It's, I am struggling to land like what it is. It's a little more dressy, isn't it? It's a little more like. Yeah. I'm, so I'm thinking in 2010, what, like. 2015. Uh, high-waisted skirts. High-waisted <laughs> so high-waisted skirt. um, fitted skirts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and very tight tank tops. No, then in now. Really? For men, at least. No, this is for women. So, like, you're wearing a fitted skirt to your knee. Is this 2010? I think so. Fitted skirt to your knee. I'm Googling it. Keep talking. And a really tight tank top. So your boobs are just, like, really in there for sure. Um, oh, wow. This is a great article. Updos? I feel like... Oh, no, your hair was out in 2010. Out. Hands yeah. out. But, but then this is also the whole decade, remember? It's about how the whole decade has been defined. So I'm looking at 15, 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you seeing? What do you find? Uh, yeah, yeah, the mum jeans were kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I think you're right with the mum. Like um, up to, because 2000s. High-waisted High-waisted yeah. and high-waisted mum jeans. High-waisted skinny jeans. Yeah. 100%. High-waisted um, skinny jeans. Um, that's so funny. Short shorts, short shorts, shorts and baggy t-shirts. That's so funny. A one hundred percent. Do you? It's just crazy. I'm. I'm realized like I'm thirty five and I feel really old or whatever. But like I see these TikToks of these um, Gen Zers being like, "Ooh, skinny jeans." It's like they're the most flattering jean. But do you for us for a fatty? No, honestly. No. Like. The most flat, flattering jean for a fat person is a skinny jean. But do you know what's really Maybe that's funny a mentality, that? though. Yeah, because here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. I remember how long it took me to start wearing skinny jeans. I remember when skinny jeans came in, I refused to wear them until the 2010s mm-hmm. because I was like, skinny jeans for rock stars and supermodels. Mm-hmm. Like Pete Doherty and Kate Moss are the people that have made skinny jeans fashionable. Um, that's who it's for. And I remember at the time being like, there is nothing less flattering mm. than skinny jeans. So I think it's a societal thing. Yeah, probably. Because I, I get it on one level. I, I'm struggling to say goodbye to skinny jeans because like often my legs are my the best part of me. So mm. to cover them up, it's like, ah. Oh. Yeah, I get it's, it. It's like, do I really want to make the tight part of my clothing the yeah. top half? Like that's not kind. Oh, well, shout out to my... Chunky brothers and sisters, jeans when you've got a fupa <laughs> is so difficult anyway. Like there are no jeans that will suit me really because of my fat upper pussy area. <laughs> <laughs> like no matter what it happens, I always look like in jeans, it always looks like my ass is at my front. That's so funny. Mm. That's a funny way to put it. I'm just trying to look up 2000s fashion, bit of streetwear. Why don't we go to a- skinny suits, skinny suits for men, like suits that are like okay. um, oh, no. really skinny, show the ankles, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Thin ties. Thin ties. After the break, let's do an ad. After the ad, we'll come back and say what we would wear 
to like. We should have talked about Christmas, by the way, but go on. <laughs> okay, we'll say. No, no, no. no. We'll say what we would have worn to family Christmas in 2017. 2017. Fuck. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that ad and I hope that maybe it spoke to you in some way. Maybe you purchased the thing they were selling or maybe uh, you really took in that government message. Um before the ad break, we asked the huge question of what Zach and I would wear to Christmas lunch in 2017 because <laughs> um, <laughs> of the, all those fashion changes. Now, because of the power of social media, I can actually look back at photos of my Christmas in 2017 so and say what I wore. And in 2017, my family Christmas was done in Sydney. And I. this is actually interesting. <laughs> For me and no one else. But I did wear a shape of dress that I wore a lot then that I just don't really wear anymore. Yeah. And it was one of those kind of like rockabilly style dresses. What's it called? Where it like cinches at the waist and then goes out at the hips to, yep. to knee length. Yeah. And it was blue and white. And I wore it with leggings underneath because in 2017 I was deeply paranoid about my legs <laughs> and I never showed any form of like flesh below my belly button ever yep. or below my boobs really I never showed any flesh so I wore a blue and white uh, cinched at the waist out to my knee dress with leggings and black boots on a hot summer day great what a psycho um and my hair was pin straight I'd straightened it and it was pin straight and I'd brought and it was over bleached to the fucking nines that hasn't changed White, so white that you could almost see through it. Hair, pin straight. That's what I wore in 2017 Christmas lunch. That's great. All right. I'm not going to say necessarily what I wore, uh, but I'm going to say hypothetically I'm mm. very 2017. Okay. I am wearing a dress shirt with a floral print. Yep. Uh, but with short sleeves, but it's like a, a short sleeve dress shirt if that makes sense. Okay. Think Top Man. Top Man, it's dressy, but it's print, like it's got a print on mm -hmm. it. Uh, I'm wearing chinos mm -hmm. uh, and they're short, mm -hmm. so you can see my ankles, and I'm wearing uh, boat shoes. Okay. Now, that's not what I would have worn. Mm -hmm. I would have worn... What you're wearing today. Maybe that, yeah, maybe <laughs> that shirt. I would have worn that shirt, but I would have mm -hmm. worn Doc Martens and jeans. Yeah. Because no, I've good. sort of... I just sort of stick to it. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it's in yeah. fashion and sometimes it's not. <laughs> and I don't really give a shit. Oh, I couldn't. That's the thing. Now, I don't give a shit. I dress solely for comfort now. Um, well, that's not true. I like things to be pretty, but I don't put myself through discomfort. To, to yeah, work yeah, yeah. Suck, ever. Sucking in the stomach, I'm, I think. I'm no, fast. I won't do that. Um, I, this is a, I'll tell this story. I don't think I've ever told this story. Yeah. And then we'll I, talk about the movie. So, yeah, I was deeply, yeah, this this is just a little insight No, I want to hear this story. I don't know if I want to, no, I'll tell the story. You don't have to. No, I don't mind. Um, 
so yeah, like I said, I used to wear leggings everywhere. The first time I ever showed my legs in public, like openly was when I went to Italy in 2019 because I was like, it's too hot. I can't do this. And no one knows me here and it's fine. And my God, it's nice to be on the beach without pants on. And just ever since then, I just stopped caring. Right. And now I very much dress for comfort. And if I think something looks pretty, I don't care if it makes my body look a certain way. There's no, there's no point in, um, trying to be like, oh, maybe I can deceive people as to how big I am or whatever. And I remember really clearly when I was 19 years old, I went on a, to a club on a boat. This is awful. Like a club. I've, I've forgotten what it was called. I think it was attached to a club called Alumbra in Melbourne. It was horrible. It's like big kind of doof-doof club, right? On a fucking boat, crew, like a cruise ship type thing. And I was so scared because I used to get like, like like going to those things when you were like in 2007 when I went was horrible because everyone was always so mean and I had such hot friends. And I was so worried because I was so fat that I duct taped my body. I get that. Yeah. So like I put on a long singlet so I that wish. it wasn't duct taped straight to my body. Yeah. yeah. I just, I haven't, I haven't, I've never told this story out loud. Yeah, I don't before. know if you want to tell it on a pod. Yeah. No, I don't yeah, mind. I I'm it. not, no, I don't care. It's, I'm so different now. Yeah. 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 And I did it and I never did it again. Like it yeah. was like, I'm not, that was so uncomfortable. But I was so worried. So I, I got, fuck, this is, I, we can cut this if you want. But no, I don't care. I, I got just, duct tape and I, I duct taped. My, my hips all the way up to underneath my boobs. I just... I'm, I get it. I mean, that's what... Uh, um, that's what... Uh, I, I, may, I invented skims. Yeah, no, that's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's not like you're... Um, it's not like that's not a thing. No, and now, like, people just spend $100, but I did it with duct tape. But, like, I never did it again because I was so uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But that's where I was at then. It's like uh, now it's like because I needed my body to look a certain way underneath these clothes. Now it's just like I just want to be comfortable. Yeah, yeah. It's a balance. A hundred percent. But like, I, I get it. I think it's like. It's, undies is the perfect example. There was such shame around women's, uh, not shame, but it was this kind of like granny panties. And, like, I only wear high-waisted full briefs now. All you will never see me in anything else. <laughs> I don't think you've ever seen me in my underwear sack, but no, I'm just saying, just so you're aware, I have, I do have a few pairs of sexy underwear, but I don't ever wear them. Yeah. I am whenever you see me, wherever I am, no, I am wearing a high waisted full brief well, because it's the only, the only underwear that's comfortable. It's hardly a point wearing something if it's, yeah, I get it. Hmm. Anyway. There's my little rant. Yeah, no, I, I've been there. I get it. I get it. Shall we talk about yeah. nothing like the holidays? <laughs> Wait, should we cut that story? No, if you want to keep it. I don't mind. It just seems it's weird on a Christmas episode. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we get real here, man. <laughs> we get real. It probably wasn't the time or place. I just no, felt really. People, people. I, I just felt really comfortable. No, it's all oh. good. You're all, we're all friends here, man. No, I totally. I, I feel you, man. <sighs> okay, so um, let's talk <laughs> let's about. Let's bring it back up. No, no. And we're back. No, I'm not. It was not a depressing story. Please don't think for a second that I'm here going. Ugh. I think I'm I in think a very different headspace Mish, than I was when I was 19. I I have not. I've done similar stuff. I think almost anyone listening has been through the same thing, has mm. tried. Yeah. We all try to smush our bodies. Yeah, but it's just such a different... Ment- I would rather die than have to walk out of the house now coated in duct tape. Yeah. How uncomfortable. I only dress to be comfortable now, and it's wonderful. Yeah. And so it's a positive thing. Little Mish at 19 was an idiot, but sad. Anyway. 
It's all good. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about nothing like the holidays. If you have been a Leguizamarama listener for a while now, you will know that every Christmas we talk about nothing like the holidays. A Christmas movie that John Leguizamo was in from 2008. The reason we always talk about this movie is because we like it and it's it's Christmas time and it's not a wildly popular Christmas movie, but it's a really good one. Also, he hasn't done like uh, enough Christmas movies to do to- a new Christmas movie every year. Yeah, there's that too. Um, I, we- and I like the idea, Mish. I mean, I was very prepared to sell this as it's a Christmas tradition. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's what I think. Every year, that was the, the joke in my mind. Mm. All right, yeah, sure. And also, <laughs> it's worth saying, I think, yeah, that if my calculations are correct, I do believe they are, this might be the last time. Oh. And I'm just going to let that sit. I don't want to upset anybody. Well, we need to double check that. Yeah, there's no guarantee. Because we, we have been known to drag <laughs> this out. <laughs> we might be doing it another two or three times. We keep watching fucking uh, little videos of interviews. But no, definitely check it out. It is on Prime. Uh, That's where I streamed it from anyway. Yeah. All right. Nothing Like the Holidays is a 2008 dramedy that tells the story of the Rodriguez's, a large Puerto Rican family that comes together at the family home at Christmas time. It's got a bit of everything, really. It's got cheating husbands, overbearing mothers, bickering siblings, and that guy who was super famous in the early noughties from movies like Hostel and Crazy Beautiful, which I used to love as a teenager, but then I recently watched it again. It's actually kind of boring. John Leguizamo plays Mauricio. Uh, I believe he's the oldest brother. I think he's the oldest brother. Um, And he's a full-on workaholic and he's married to Deborah Messing. Great. Hey, um, I... I really enjoyed rewatching this film. I had a moment, um, like in the first maybe ten, five minutes, mm-hmm. where I was like, uh, "Like, I don't know, I don't know." Like, I was like, "It'll be kind of funny to rewatch the same movie again," um, but I was like, "Maybe this was a pleasant surprise." Mm-hmm. And then I just got pulled right in, and I and I and I had time. We we started a little bit later than we were going to, so I was going to be watching this like while I was doing other shit. Uh, and then, but then we, I had time to sit down and watch it and I just had the most lovely time. Me too. I, I like this more and more every time I watch it. Made me think as well how like the kind of effect of a Christmas movie, because there are some Christmas movies that people watch every year. My partner, for example, watches Elf every year. Amazing. I haven't watched Elf in years. He loves Elf. I would argue and say that I probably watch Love Actually every year. Yeah, yeah. Um, or Muppets Christmas Carol because that's my favourite. Great, great choice. Muppets Christmas Carol is so good and my nephew is old enough now. <gasps> Amazing. I'm so excited. Um, because you can watch these movies all the time. Like as in like my partner would have watched Elf every year yeah. since it came out and he's not sick of it. How many movies can we say we've seen a dozen times, 15 times, 20 times? But yeah. because it's around Christmas time and it evokes a certain things, it's like church. Yeah. <laughs> it's like going to church. It's yeah. like we've all heard the story. <laughs> Whatever prayer you're putting on us, we know what it is. But I enjoy it. I'm not saying I enjoy it. I don't go to church. <laughs> I'm saying that in terms of Christmas films, it's like the concept of watching, watching A Muppet's Christmas Carol again is exciting to me. I would never watch it in May or June. I'm not going to watch it in September. But the concept of now that we're in December going sometime in the next two weeks – 
I'm going to watch that movie. Yeah. So exciting. That's what this was for me. I definitely had this feeling of like, like I like that it's becoming a little tradition yeah. for me and Zach. Um, I also just, uh, I also just think it's a really nice film. I, I, I talk about this every year. I don't know if I've specifically talked about Polyphonic Spree. Have I specifically? I probably have. I don't see. That's the thing. It's like I have things I could say, but I think I've probably said them. Yeah, and that's why you got to be careful. Mm. But whatever. If I don't remember, the listener won't remember. Um, but like, so something I really like about Polyphonic Spree that was my happy band when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. and a lot of people just think they're like sickly sweet in their happiness. But I've always found that they. I've definitely talked about this. I've always liked that they seem to be coming from a place of I know the world is hard, but here's what's nice about it. Mm. And I really like a Christmas movie that does the same thing. A Chris, I think like a lot of the newer ones, mm. I get the sense that they're just the saccharine sweet. They're just the how lovely is Christmas mm. and it's all kind of nice. But I think to really earn a, 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 a sort of sappy Christmas vibe, mm. you have to kind of, up top, just be like, yeah, but the world sucks. The world sucks, but sometimes mm. it's lovely. And I think this movie does this really beautifully. Yeah, it really. That's such a good point. I love that. That's what I loved about it the first time I watched it. I was like, yeah, yeah, war and fucking cancer and mm. all these horrible things. But fuck, it's nice. You ha- still have these moments, and that's why I love. I love a Christmas movie that acknowledges. That's really yeah. lovely. I, I love I, that I love so it. much. I love this movie for that. I I found I found it. More so this time watching it than the other two times, I guess, because I'm picking up on different things now. But it's really not a children's movie no, at all. Oh no, 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 like no. it's very much an adult Christmas film. And often those kind of feel-good adult films can be a little bit cheesy. Yeah. And it just doesn't have that. Yeah. Like it doesn't have that kind of cheese attached to it. Yeah. It's very, and I know we've talked about said this before, but it seems very much like a realistic depiction of a large very close family that had come together at this time of year almost begrudgingly but with, like, absolute love and commitment to each other. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's so lovely. I really like it. Like, there's a lot of reasons I like this film. One of them, and I had this with a lot of my friends growing up, so I've probably talked about this, (laughs) but I have a very small family. So, like, for the vast... Yeah. For the vast majority of my life, my like family events consisted of my mum, my sister and myself. Yeah. My dad occasionally, so like he would like most Christmases he was around, but otherwise it was my mum, my sister and I because my extended family grandparents, cousins and that were in Sydney. And I had a lot of friends who were in big Italian and big Lebanese families yeah, yeah, and they would have these Fucking massive Christmases. And when I was younger, like when I was a kid, so like uh, early high school or whatever, we would have our Christmas lunch and that would be it. And often my friends would be like, come to the family dinner. I was like, I can't do that. That's weird. You don't just go in on a family dinner on Christmas. And they're like, it's fine. Because these events were like at someone's house, but there's 50 people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mountains of food. Everyone, like I love the scene in this uh, in this movie where they're all sitting down for the first time to eat and they're all just talking and Deborah Messing goes, why is everyone fighting? And John, John's like, we're not, we're all just catching up, we're just chatting, shooting yeah. shit. But it's, it's very, everyone sounds like they're mad at each other because they're all yelling over the top of each other. But I just love, 
the depiction of big family events because I never had them growing oh, up. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, so I love my little family and it's definitely growing now. It's much bigger now, but, like, it's just crazy. I, I love that kind of a little insight into a big family dynamic. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, Irish, so... I definitely had the big, like, mm. 20, 30, 40, 50 per- people. Yeah, your family went at it like rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Catholics, man. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I, so what's really nice for me, I love that it's so specific. I, I also just have a big love of, um, you know, I, I, I something I've encountered a lot in what I do in my work, developing things for television, I encounter... Mm a lot of uh, people on in television and like just when early on wanting to make things broad, mm-hmm. wanting to make sure that everyone gets it and everyone's on board and everyone understands. It's mm-hmm. such a, um, such a intense thing in a lot of executives in Australia. It's like, how will it sell overseas? How will it da, 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 da. And it's like, it's, it can be really like uh, frustrating when you're trying to develop mm-hmm. something from my perspective of a white man. Mm. And then it's like, if you're trying to do something, um, you know, from a perspective outside of mine and you're encountering that like, oh, that's great. Mm. Yeah, talk about your heritage, talk about your life, but make sure it's broad enough Mm. for an Australian audience. Mm. And I think that this is a wonderful movie because it's so specific, Mm. so specifically about a Puerto Rican family, so specifically about their customs, their culture, the way that they go about things. Mm. And through that specificity, Mm. we can either on one hand see things that we don't see, but really see the commonalities. It's when you go into the specificity that that the broadness, the commonalities mm. come out. And I see in this movie my own family, I see in this family, in this movie so much of myself mm. because it's so specifically not my experience, that's when you come back around. Oh, that was good. But it's true. It's 100%, true. Like, 100%. I, I hear you. So, like, it's just so much like softening of the edges. You soften the edges and then it's for no one. Mm. You go specific, you go real. Uh, that's when you get... Um, interesting stories that that really cut through. 100%. And that's what I like about this movie. And I just think like, um, because this is an easy, broad, accessible, Mm. fun movie to watch. And it's just like, and if I had heard the description, I'd go, Mm. well, that's clearly not for me. That's for a Puerto Rican audience. And you watch it and you go, no, fuck this. Like it's for everyone. And what I really like about this movie as well is it's not the big story. Do you know what I mean? It's not this like... It's not like uh, Home Alone, right? Mm. <laughs> Which is another Christmas movie example where this kid gets left at home by himself. Mm. Spoiler warning for Home Alone. And this is this big event and so this this is why there's a movie made about this particular story. This just happens to be a Christmas with this family. Yes, some things have happened. Kid guys just come back from war. Uh, dad's been caught cheating on his wife again and she's like, I think I want to divorce your father. But it is all. But there isn't this big story, the big happening. You know what I mean? It's a very like. It's um, just this little. It's just the Christmas that happened to be filmed. Yeah. You know, and I really like that. It's it's just it just feels very real and so different from my family, but it just feels very very authentic. I think there's also yeah. I mean, it's 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 um. There's something to like. Uh, 
It's rare to see a good uh, ensemble film. Hunch. Ensemble films are really, really hard because it's like either you make everyone exist within the one plot mm. or everyone's plots are so disparate that it, it really doesn't feel like a whole. Well, it's why, a uh, little peek behind the curtain, it's why with these big ensemble films, often people are interviewed in these big ensemble ways and the way the PR teams have put it together is that everyone's great mates and there's so much banter and there's so much because it's so hard to convey, like, chemistry between large groups of people yeah, yeah. on screen. So it's often quite manufactured outside of the film. Um, that's just, sorry to be really cold and awful, but, like, it's true. It's true, though. Like, But it's also, like, it's really hard to, you know, make sure that everyone, like... Is that fair to say? What do you mean? What I said before. What? Is that, am I right in saying that? That it's often... Manufactured, this kind of like, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> am I being insane? <laughs> I do, do you know what? I'll While be, I was no, talking, no, you just stared at me and didn't say I'll anything. Can I be just, really honest yeah. with you? This is so, <laughs> I didn't quite know the point you were trying to make <laughs> and I just thought I'd move on. <laughs> but I didn't, it's not that you weren't making a good point. I just didn't like pick up on where you were going with yeah, it. Yeah, because you looked at me like a, a bit like a bitchy girl in high school. No, that's not what I was no, going no, you for. No, you didn't look at me like you're a big dumb fuck, but you know that kind of subtle, what the fuck? And no, that, went, wasn't, okay. that wasn't what I was, what I was going for was like, I, <laughs> I didn't, this is so bad. Why? <laughs> Why are you calling me? What I, what I, I didn't get what you were going for. I didn't really understand what I was saying either, to be clear. And I suspected that might have been the case as well. <laughs> and I thought, I can keep digging. But I was like, I don't know what to say to what you're saying. This is no shade. It was a me thing. I, could, I wasn't picking up <laughs> what you were putting down. And I thought, in terms of, if I ask any questions, that'll be me like, It'll just get to it. What do you mean? So I just thought I'd move on. Be like, yeah, great point. Move on. Keep the podcast going. And then you were like, does that make sense? You asked me point blank, did what I just say make sense? <laughs> yeah, and then you looked at me. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me go. I'm sorry. I have to backtrack. Yeah. Well, you All I was that. trying to say was it is not easy to do big, like what you were saying. I was yeah. backing up what you were saying. It's really difficult to do big ensemble cast yeah. films, yeah. right? And often the chemistry just isn't there because it's really hard to match them up, right? Is it and then I tried to use a really weird example of like during like press junkets and stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's often a heavily manufactured vibe of friendship amongst an ensemble because I remember seeing after Suicide Squad came out, interviews with this ensemble cast and they're all trying to act like they were all really good mates and it's like, I don't think you are all really good mates. Is that because, one, that's not going to happen and, two, because in an ensemble film, like, there's less time together on set? Yes. So, like, if it's a pair of people, is that sort of what you're saying? Yes, but there's a pair of people, like, of course they're going to get along really well. Yes. But if it's an ensemble, they're actually going to spend less time together on set because there's more people doing less. It's not the most interesting thing I've ever said. But it's also, it's whatever. <laughs> no, I, I, and all I did when I moved on. 
No, look, Zach, I get it. All I was trying to avoid was me interrogating the point you were Because you knew it was quite a weak point. Not, not that it was a weak point. I just didn't know what you were getting at. All it's right. a me thing. Yeah. It is a me thing. I hear you. No, but I have no issue with that point. That's a fair point. They're often trying to make it seem like they get along. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I hadn't said it because I don't really care enough about the point. I just, when you were talking about ensembles, I instantly thought of that interview I saw with this really heavily manufactured, like, oh, we get along so good. And I just had to say it. Unfortunately, yeah. we're being recorded right now. Yeah. If we weren't being recorded, I would have just been like, oh, my God, Zach, I saw this Suicide Squad. Were you trying us. not to shit on the Suicide Squad and let, in, in case someone from the Suicide I was, Squad I was, was essentially listening? just being like, Zach, you're right. I love a big ensemble movie when they get it right because it's not easy. I should have just, to be honest with you, when you said that, I should have just been like, same, full stop. That's it. No, yeah, and that's <laughs> great. I don't think... Y- when you made your point? Yeah, mate. No. I- <laughs> <laughs> the issue was not that you made the point. That was a fine point. Mm. The issue was when I moved on, you then said, does that make sense? And you gave me a yes or no question. Because No, it's because I panicked because I realised after I said it that it was very boring and that it was probably a bit stupid and that we I didn't want any of our listeners to be like, what the fuck is Mish talking about? Ah. But now I think they're probably like, why did Mish just keep at this point for seven minutes? Nah, it's all good. How good's Christmas? (laughs) I'm so... Oh, no, I'd lost my headphones. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Alfred Molina was... (laughs) Alfred Molina was really good. I liked how he, um, I really enjoy him in this film. Because he's really good as is Elizabeth Pena. I think that it's nice to see such great actors being relaxed and having a nice time. I've talked about that before. I give this five legal stars. <laughs> What, what do you give it, Mitch? Um, I really enjoy watching it every year with you, Zach. Um, I enjoy chatting about it on the pod. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it more this time than I did the second time and the first, and I liked them both a lot then. I don't think I've ever given it five leg with Starbos. I don't remember, but this time around I am going to give it five leg with Starbos. Right. Which is great because that would mean that this is, of course, a, le- a Leguizamorama. <laughs> we hope everyone has a very Merry Christmas. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a wonderful New Year. We will be bringing you content over this time. Um, Just have have a good Christmas.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 